0: the sounds of stadia podcast your weekly show where we bring you all the stadia news and gaming topics to discuss from the week in gaming i'm joined as usual by my co-hosts in the cubes to my right your left i'll never get this right i've got mr (laughs) teacher himself one day and below him we've got the man of many pixels Mr. Richie, join us as well. You know what you need to do? You need to kind
1: of print off a sheet and just put it on the wall so you can see how (laughs) we always look.
0: (laughs) The the thing is, I know what it is. I know Tom's to my right on the video because I know I have to point to this wall to get it. And I know you're directly blown. So it's not that hard, but then I immediately, as soon as I say right, my brain goes, but it's left on the YouTube video. And then it's like, oh, and then it just doesn't at all. Anyway, anyway, welcome. uh, Welcome to a gentleman. My name's Chris. I'm one of your hosts as well. Uh, You've joined us in another busy week of gaming in Stadia, and we'll get into all that uh, to start off with. But I wanted to start the show a little bit differently this week, gentlemen, because it's been, we've got a few more weeks. We've been in our cubes for a little bit longer. Uh, We've all been ticking over quite nicely. Uh, I just want to know what you've both been playing. Simple as that. Okay, let's talk about. I'll throw it out to uh, to Tom first. Let us know what you've been uh, right. messing around with. Um, mostly on Stadia,
2: obviously. Um, putting a lot of time into Stadia at the moment. I've been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey to to such an extent where I feel like I'm making absolutely zero progress with the story, but I'm getting closer and closer to max level. I know the max level has been extended, but I am getting close to that original level fifty point, mm. and I just feel like. I'm spending so much time doing side quests and like hunting cultists and trying to work my way up the mercenary tree that I'm just like I'm putting everything else like who cares about finding your mum? Who cares about finding like your sister and stuff like that or, or yeah. whoever it is. Right?
0: It's, uh, it's, it's a <laughs> game trope is in a where they go, "Oh, quick, there's a really urgent mission." I'm just going to spend 20 hours doing side yeah. missions. And then I'm I get back and I'm like, okay. oh, oh, quick, quick. I'm so, so glad you got here. And it's like, yeah, I've been on like, on like a three week vacation in, the, in between this. Someone's the trying to kill your family. I've
1: ever played for that was Fallout 4. <laughs>
0: because like, oh,
1: you need to go find your son. Or you could join the Minutemen. <laughs> <and> just spend <consume laughs> all your time.
2: Yeah. Case in point is like um, somebody's like threatening my family right now. And they're like literally going to murder them. But I'm going to go find an eyeball that was shoved at some goat's ass back on yeah. the first island. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, pr-
0: priorities, right? Priorities. Yeah. Yeah. We've all got them. We've all got them. How about you, Richard? What have you been playing?
1: Um, I've played a bit of Football Manager, a bit, but recently I did. Um, I have been playing Assassin's Creed. I said I'll give it another a go when it went on sale. And I'm um, over 40 hours in, and I've very much changed my opinions on that game um, <laughs> oh. compared to where I was before. It's One fast thing fast. I have had to do is these procedurally generated quests that you can get. Just completely ignore them; they're a complete, utter waste of time. And I think this is where I went, got soured on before because I got bogged down trying to clear off these just procedurally generated quests, which were a bit very much meh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's nothing to them. That's cool. one of the elements that's got me really excited for Valhalla. How the, the Ubisoft have addressed yeah. that, they said that all the, the extra filler and the fluff that was uh, a criticism of uh, parts of Odyssey. Um, they said it's a much more condensed story in a smaller map. This... So I'm looking forward to seeing the best bits thrive. I just
1: don't think them procedurally generated quests, the ones that you get from, like, the, I think it's the, the Apollo statues or your ship, mm. they're just not needed yeah. at all. There's enough think... content in that game without them that, like, I'm about 45 hours in. And about level thirty-five, I'm a bit further than you, Tom. In the story, we just talk before we start recording, but I just don't see the point in yeah. them at all.
2: It's a nice little boost Depends for your drachmy. For yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, speaking <laughs> of speaking of that a drachmy, yeah, the uh, value for money with that game. You guys both picked up in the sale, right? Eighteen yes. pounds. Yeah, Richie, you got as well. Yeah, it's like value for money. Like I've I've said it on the show before, but I put 120, 30 hours into that with the DLC, and like if you're talking like pounds for pence and stuff, it's that's fantastic. It's, it's such I a think good game. It's so deep.
2: I'm going to be such a nerd here. I actually did the maths. At the moment, for the uh, for the Ultimate Edition, you're paying 20p an hour of gameplay. 20p an hour. That's yeah, a steal. That's pretty good. Yeah, it yeah. is.
0: That's, <laughs> that's, that's uh, less than a Freddo. Exactly. And, exactly. exactly. Uh, think of the level of
2: satisfaction you're getting.
1: <laughs> are you just using... What value are you using for time? Are you using to calculate that? Are you using time to comp- roll credits or to cut 100% or with DLC?
2: Hmm, what does the hundred and twenty hours include? That's probably everything, right, in the base game. Um,
0: yeah, for hmm. me that was the no, that was the base game and the Atlantis okay. DLC, about hundred and twenty oh, hours. Yeah.
2: So on <clears> on that basis, then literally the amount of content that exists divided by the cost.
1: I'm probably going to break that because know, in comparison to you, Chris, I actually t- I take takes me longer to get through games. Oh, you just, you just... yeah. I've always noticed that you get through games. We'll start games at the same time and you finish them well before me.
0: (laughs) I play well into the early hours and commit. uh, I don't know, maybe I'm just more meticulous with it all. But uh, in terms of it, I'm so... Like, you two talking about it again and all the Valhalla stuff, it's got me, like... It's still on sale till the 20th, so I've got three days to make a decision to uh, bite the bullet (laughs) and it back in. Or do I just hang fire on Valhalla? Because the thing with Ubisoft is they they bring out, like, uh, remasters and stuff all the time and I'm thinking some of the news we're going to get to in a moment is something going to drop in between now and Valhalla that actually makes me think oh I could have just played that instead but uh, like if they drop Origins for example mm-hmm. I'd probably be more tempted to go back and start yeah. with Origins because this is like the a trilogy of games Origins Odyssey and then Valhalla is like their new reboot of the uh, the, the genre essentially
1: yeah i like but, yeah.
0: Origins as well mm-hmm. Mm, it's exciting stuff exciting stuff but uh we'll uh, we'll detour back towards the uh, the show in itself gentlemen so we've got a little bit of housekeeping just to kickstart the uh the episode off and um first thing i want to point out was me and richie played some more PUBG yesterday saturday for those of you who are listening to the podcast throughout the week uh, you can go back and check that out. we were once again joined by uh, tommy from stadia arcadia as part of our uh, our squad in practice in training in preparation yeah. for the upcoming Content Creators Cup, um, did we win another chicken dinner, Richie? Yeah, have On to tune find game, out. You'll have to tune in to <laughs> find out. Um, but I think we might as well take this opportunity. Tom, would you like to give a bit more uh, info, detail, any updates we've got for the upcoming Content Creators Cup? Because it's about it's less than two weeks away now. It is. People are getting, uh,
2: people are getting curious. Ooh, definitely. So May thirtieth, starting at 10 p.m. UK time. That is Saturday, May thirtieth, at 10 p.m. Make sure you do come along to youtube.com forward slash sans of Stadia where we will be hosting our viewpoint and our audio for the Stadia Creators Cup, the Content Creators Cup, where we will be playing as a team of four against other content creators with throughout the Stadia community. There will be a tournament based on pre-made teams, which will consist of ourselves. Um, there will be a tournament based on lottery-drawn teams where people will be shuffled into random teams and just have a bit of fun with that. And I'm even thinking, if we have the time to do it, we're also going to have a solo tournament as well, where everybody goes mano y mano for the ultimate prize of being that chicken dinny at the top, right at the tippy top of the Stadia Creators community. I'm going to be the first out in that one. (laughs) (laughs) Have some confidence, Richie. Have some confidence. I've seen your playing skills.
0: You've seen me parachute into the side of a building before. That is very true. I have seen that as well. We've all been there. We've all been there. But uh, yes, I would say keep your eyes peeled on our Twitter account, which is at Sounds of Stadia, uh, and obviously subscribe to the channel so you get your notifications over on YouTube. No doubt we will have uh, all the content creators probably promoting this event over the next coming uh, days and weeks uh, as we lead into May the 30th. So keep it locked, stay tuned, and uh, we've got some exciting competitive gameplay uh, from our community going on live. Uh, Speaking of community, that also brings us over to our continued Facebook partnership with the Google Stadia UK group. Uh, If you are new to Stadia or you're new to the podcast, even welcome. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, Don't forget to click that subscribe button down below and uh, keep yourself tied in with all of our news and information. Our Facebook partnership group, fantastic community already. We've mentioned it before. They're a lovely, friendly group of chaps from uh, the United Kingdom. And they just share basically an appreciation uh, and a bit of fun. Uh, for all things Stadia and gaming, it's not necessarily specific to stadia. They're just general. I think today they were talking about PlayStation 5 news as well. Uh, yeah, it's just, just not a very open, open. Yeah, that. it's a very open community as well. So check that out. It's our facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Google Stadia UK group. Obviously, if you're not from the UK and you just enjoy our witty banter, by all means, you're still welcome. It's not exclusive to people from this country. Um, join us if you wish. Um, but gentlemen, we've got another good shout out. We've got another patreon supporter it just keeps going up and up uh we're joined by uh luke this week uh has jumped in and subscribed on one of our tiers uh, remember if you do want to write in with your questions every week for the show and we'll read them out we'll discuss them uh, or even just your thoughts uh send head over to patreon.com forward slash soundstadia and for as little as 78 pence you can send us in your questions join us in private community chats join us for some gameplay uh but more importantly just help us help us survive in the yeah. in the times we're going through now we would we always appreciate it um if not though don't worry we will still bring you everything through free feeds eventually um yeah looks good gents looks yeah. good we're I'm having fun it's we're growing steadily as a community uh, and thank you very much for everyone out there who's tuning in, and listening on across all platforms. We do appreciate yeah, the time you guys. that you can give to us. Yeah. Um, Richard, I'm passing it over to you for Richie's retcon ritual this week. What have we got? What do we fuck up with <laughs> in the last uh, seven days? Okay, last last
1: week we were talking about dick sliders. <laughs> <laughs> so were, we? That? were we? <laughs> and um, we said, I in reference to um, Cyberpunk um, 2077 and the conversation was around has this kind of happened before in games and turns out it has um, Joker and Mr. G from the Google CD UK Facebook group that you've just plugged, they pointed out to us that a couple of games that have had like um, modifiable penises Peni? <laughs> Peni, <P-9? P-9>, yeah <laughs> um, Conan Exiles, Mount Your Friends, um, uh, two examples to drop, so yeah, there is um dick sliders in other games
0: who'd have knew in the history of gaming there's not been other games that have uh that yeah. have allowed you to edit the uh, genital area yeah the mount your friends one in particular is quite funny yeah. it's where you, yeah. you're essentially swing around yeah and you have to you have to build like the, the highest tower you can possibly get in a short time frame uh, with your friends couch co-op style and uh, <laughs> it's just it's just weird fun uh Conan, i've never i've never played before i feel like it's been free or really cheap across multiple digital stores uh, It reminded me a good? lot of Ark survival Evolved. i don't know if it's the same people but it's, yeah it, i know it's got quite a, a niche little um like a cult following almost um you, you start off with nothing pretty much like minecraft and you have to destroy and build and create and stuff until you're a you're a formidable foe for everyone out there in the wild
2: it was one of the uh, free ps plus you. games a
0: while ago yeah. Oh, that might have been it. That might. Yeah, that's what I own it then. Um, so yes, thank you to Joker and Mr. G for writing in and uh, for Richie for keeping us straight when we mess up. Um, if we do mess up, write us in, let us know in the comments. We are only human. We do our utmost <laughs> best to uh, keep the integrity of our information correct, yeah. but uh, uh, everyone messes up sometimes. So thanks for writing in for that. Um, which brings us to, as always, our biggest topic of the show, our biggest collection of topics. And we'll pass it over to our maestro to lead us into that segment.
2: The super sexy special Stadia story segment,
0: aka the news. The news. The news. The news. Oh, I don't like that. That was a cre- creepy
2: no. whisper. it's <laughs> just like a little whisper uh, in the back of your back of your yeah, head. There.
0: Yeah, give me the chills. <laughs> chills down the back. Um. Busy, busy week as ever, uh, gentlemen. I think I don't think we've actually had a quiet week since Stadia launch. Now, um, I think the gaming, the gaming market in general, the industry is not slowing down. If anything, it feels like it's ramping up. I, I feel like I can't open my Twitter feed or my Facebook feed without being hit by some kind of new digital announcement, uh, some new game drop, some sneaky suspicions, DLC lawsuits. There's always something going on in the world of games, right? The way
1: Stadia drops its um, announcements as well is not exactly kind to content developers because suddenly I got the big quiet, 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 he's eight things that you weren't expecting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You just have a quick glance at it and there's this surprise announcements. Uh, And thankfully, our community keeps us quite clued in with that. Uh, Stadia Source in particular, Dan and the team over there do a fantastic job of getting the news the second it drops and they have a a headline article up and then usually flesh it out as as time rolls on. the the biggest news, in my opinion, we got this week um, isn't necessarily specific to Stadia, but obviously it's it's going to uh, pretty much be the bedrock for a lot of games going into next gen and, and 2021 and beyond. Uh, but Epic, the uh, the the rich the mega rich corporation behind uh, the successful ever successful Fortnite, uh, dropped a trailer this week for their Unreal Engine. Fa- well, I say it's a trailer, it wasn't really. It was a, they class it as a playable demo which we're not going to be able to play, but it, it was playable. Uh, and they did showcase the the power that the PlayStation 5 essentially can muster, which in, in parallels also equates to, the obviously, the Xbox Series X coming out. And inevitably, it's going to be Stadia. Uh, Unreal, I think, runs a couple of games already on Stadia, so no doubt over time. Um, and it's a very open platform. So did you guys both have a chance to check out the... Uh, it was about an 18-minute long video, I think, oh, which yeah. showcased... Like, it, it blew me away... In comparison to the Xbox kind of showcase of third-party titles we discussed last week, I think this is the way to announce next-gen with lots of triangles, (laughs) all the triangles (laughs) in the world. Uh, We joked yesterday, Richie, on the live stream that there's actually a shortage of triangles in the world right now because of how many go into running Unreal Engine 5. Yeah, the um, manufacturers of triangles have been are now working double
1: time to catch up. Yeah,
0: they've had to get everyone back from fairlow and they've got them all uh, grafting away, cutting them precious, precious triangles. <laughs> um but to to break it down a bit more, I think probably Tom, you're the best one to highlight oh. some of the details. I know they mentioned things like lumens and nanites. Mm. Are you able to expand on this? Uh, um, this video. I mean, they're just
2: they're just key terms that they're using to describe certain processes that are happening within the engine. You know, lumens is obviously talking about the way that they're setting up light in in video games and the way that you can have dynamic lighting. You saw it from the um, from the tech demo yourself that they could have things like the lighting is positioned and rather than having it pre rendered. They can have so like part of a scenery falls away and the light is already there and it just it just shines through. So the light is just constantly active and 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 can move around and so on without um obviously like if you think about in order to save things like memory cpu usage and so on on previous gen consoles you have to sort of like trick the system a little bit you have to hide the lighting in certain areas because there's no point generating light on the top of a cave but for any reason whatsoever if you're not going to be able to see it but if the roof of that cave collapses in you want the light to be present ready to actually show it so Lumen was just showing the system of how, how that can be um, dynamically, you know, adapted depending on the scenery. But also how it also actually reacts to the, the other part of that, which was the nanites, which is talking about those triangles. And the triangles in particular are, are a huge step forward because previously what you're talking about when you look um, graphically at games is like the number of pixels represented and so on. But the idea is that we're moving away from pixels now. We're moving to using triangles to represent edges of objects. So if you looked, if you picked up a stone, just a stone, and you made it up of loads of different tri- little triangles, um, what, they're, what they're basically just saying now is that with the new engine, with Unreal Engine 5, they've in- essentially just massively, massively increased the ability of being able to generate those triangles. So rather than having larger, more polygon-based, if you think back to uh, original-gen PlayStation, yeah. you're now getting those triangles down to such a small size that they can make such fine edges on objects. And we saw that in the beautiful, like, cave scenery um, as we were walking through the, the rocks in that. I mean, I've never been so bloody excited about rocks in my life.
1: Oh, absolutely <laughs> magnificent. Like, I'm watching it now as we're talking and just seeing the, the character climb up the cliff and just like the lighting, the shadows, the quality of the textures is phenomenal. I think
2: yeah,
0: there's something to be said amazing. about the light
2: and the shadows, definitely. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's a, it's an amazing, um, it's a great choice for showing off like the 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 detail, like you said, Tom, the excitement of rocks. Just even looking at some of the static screenshots. Um, the posture from it—it's—it's it's so photorealistic, it's—it's it's unbelievable. And when when you discuss that about um, all the the polygons and stuff, it does a hark back to like PlayStation One era, uh, early far so it's not first generation, but um, like the, the switch over to 3D and, and the dynamics. And that actually reminded me, there's a great video out there on YouTube of um, one of the creators of the original Crash Bandicoot game, and they talk about how they had to trick the PlayStation's memory and in the, the inner CPU to be fooled into rendering certain elements of the game and the reason crash bandicoot looks so detailed in comparison to other games at the time um, was they tricked the system into render the whole level into block sections so it would actually boot up the whole level but it wouldn't render them or it wouldn't generate them in in real time until you say past a certain corner of the level or you went over a ridge so like you were saying there's the light doesn't need to be present until it's required and this is just that on goddamn steroids it's just amped up to the to the max Mm um the technique and it, yeah you're talking blows you blows your.:
1: about, yeah the technique you're talking about there is used quite a lot it's like you have low poly versions of like textures and stuff in the distance where mm-hmm. you can't see them as you approach it's used extensively in open world games as you approach yeah. the more detail comes through
2: yeah it's yes. why and, and, in,
1: if you're thinking old pc games you one of the first mm-hmm. things if your computer was chugging a bit is the first thing you drop down is your view distance
0: because mm-hmm. that effectively yeah, yeah. Right.
2: yeah. it's incredibly What's, synonymous uh, in, as sorry chris you go
0: that's all right. I was just going to keep talking about the Crash Bandicoot video because that when Richie's in there, yeah, cutting back, it's been around for years. I think they were one of the the pioneers. I think they had a few patents actually on it. And um, they actually say they go into the PlayStation's uh, menu system and the menus that aren't being used, they use the internal memory from the actual, the the, the hardwired PlayStation. They essentially hacked into it. Well, said. Well, you're not using these menus at this moment in time. They strip them out and put Crash Bandicoot data into the the PlayStation memory, just I to see. scrape that every little like bit of memory they could like process. And it's just, it's mind blowing. The way the guy explains on the video is so so great. And I think Unreal did a fantastic job at breaking down the, the lumens and the Nanites. And uh, the actual demo itself is called Lumen in the Land of the Nanite, um, which is such a cool name, even though it's referring <laughs> to their. Want to system. play this game? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but- I, I would play this.
2: Following yeah. on from Richie's point before about um, the way that you know, you have like those uh, low poly uh, objects in the distance, you know, the Unreal Engine is very synonymous with this idea that when, you, when you've when you loaded up a game, you've seen it before in, in any Unreal games where it loads a low poly model and you can see the textures literally loading onto the character. And um, more recently for you guys, you will have noticed when you first boot up PUBG, you see your character appear at the very start of the PUBG yeah. title screen before you even get into a game and you can see like the textures just build up. Same with Gears of War. But with uh, that's, that's just something that has been synonymous with the Unreal Engine. But I, I just can't wait to see what comes with this well, for next-gen. This is tr- with, really next-gen. There's one thing I want to
1: touch on that I've just seen. At, towards the end of the video, um, your car- the characters start to through this like, gliding section. It's very fast-paced and stuff. But it's when they touch ground, it feels like they're really touching ground. The slight camera tweaks... That that was something that just jumped out at me. That was absolutely stunning. Like good spot. You don't really see it that well done, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's attention to detail and yeah the 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 part during the the showcase where they they break out the drone essentially. Even though we're in a we don't know what time zone we're in, even though it's a land of the nanites, they, they just pop out the drone at any point and they they zoom into such credible detail. Um, it, it that's I think for me that is what next gen's about. It's about yeah really really detailed showcase um i I, I just it just looks gorgeous i mean the video will be playing below me right now in the in the edit so you can you can watch along and you can check it out anyone who listen at home head over to youtube check it out they they break it down into the different light modes so you can actually see all the triangles in the cave as well and it's it's just astonishing how like far games have came from your flat flat geometric shapes to it's like so close to photorealism like at what point are we just we are we just playing a movie Mm. I'm guessing the plan was to have this play
1: because it was it's meant to be a playable demo. I'm guessing that was meant to be at GDC for the game developers to get their hands yeah. on this tech demo and go, "Oh, next project we're using
0: that." Hmm. Um. It's exciting stuff, and an Epic have been fantastic. They did come out with a few other other points this week about stating um, the actual engine itself. I believe it's open source. Uh, they have what else did they say? They said something about the first fifty grand.
1: Yeah, they've changed the, change the, the price and structure they, for they, it.
0: they get to keep as well. Uh, the royalties are waived for the first $1 million of in game revenue. So, Epic are really using their money to put their, their stamp yeah. on the games industry. And uh, as much as you may criticize them and hate them for that, the, the amount they're reinvesting back in from their many, many millions, uh, and they're being so, they, they're essentially creating competition. We've seen I think it it's with a brilliant theme. Yeah, it, it's it's great. As they're a using the money as well.
1: Yeah, they're using the money from Fortnite to effectively go and this will make Unreal Five so appealing to indie indie developers because it means for the first what, however much it was, couple one hundred grand or something, that's all profit for the developer to cover their costs, and that's when then you split later. And I think it's even the ratio of the split is more favorable mm, towards it is, developers. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. So, it's, it's rocking the boat yeah. with the uh, with Steam and other online uh, stores right now because they're giving more money back to people who uh, who publish their games on yeah. their storefront. And if you're a businessman or you just you've you've made an indie title yourself, why why wouldn't you switch across yeah. to that? Um, yeah, yeah. It's so. so so exciting. The the flying element kind of caught me off guard. I really did yeah. think it was just a, like a Tomb Raider esque <laughs> uncharted yeah. kind of style. At the end, it's like and now we're flying, it's, and it really did showcase like the rendering capability of how did, quick the detail was coming out. Yeah. Here.
1: I think that was important while well, like it kind mm. of all in, the, in terms of the game they'll probably have to rework that so it made sense but in yeah. terms of a tech demo it's like yeah you're showing like up close at how great the textures and lighting and stuff then they go okay now we're gonna go f- change it go as fast pace as we possibly can go yeah and yeah you see actually as she lands sometimes she almost bounces a bit as she touches ground
0: yeah like, like, the, the, the little details device, are f- yeah. phenomenal um, I did laugh, some, some of the criticism of the comments I've seen is they've had to come out already and say the scene when she goes through the little crevice <laughs> in the wall like very yeah. Tomb, Tomb Raider Desk. Uh people have said that was a loading screen to mask the thing in the future and they said, no, no, we were just trying to showcase the detail <laughs> that's why we've gone really close it's, we're, we're trying to, it's a tech dumber to showcase detail I don't that's
1: care if it is a loading that. screen you have to, all games have loading screens they're just getting better at hiding them
0: yeah, I like think God of War is a phenomenal yeah. example of that.
2: What's your take on the part of the trailer as well where they, they go into such detail about the statue that she finds within the temple. It's just a, such a beautiful, beautiful statue in terms of the, the level of detail. Mm. She opens up the giant wheel to let the light into the room, and suddenly there's like 200 other bloody statues exactly the same in there with exactly the same quality of detail, and you just think wow. Like, like I said before, I only said a snippet of it, but This is the kind of thing that really makes me feel like this is next gen now. It's not about like, like trying to push graphics further, in my opinion. It's more about the level of detail that they can add to it. They're not trying to make it hyper realistic to an extent, but it's more about focusing on finite detail, like finer details, which I think is, is what this is all about, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. it just it just shows how well the engine is probably built and balanced, and mm. how well it uses resources available. Because this is done in in engine, recorded mm. in engine on PlayStation Five. That's something to put out there. So this isn't a pre generated like um, tr- like video. It's, mm-hmm. It was pr- basically probably someone sat there with a controller in hand playing through this, recording.
0: Yeah, I think that was the key message. Was it was recorded all in engine, which yeah. It just—it's it, mind blown and then it's the, that, not just in engine bit. on the console, yeah. yeah. So not that, using
1: that... a massive like Google stadia style server to record this, they're using the PlayStation Five, which you have, yeah, you the you actual have hard in your hardware,
0: house. yeah. Mm. Yeah, and that has me super excited going forward Like with like, the processing power and how that ties in with Stadia and that we, it is iterative and they can just build on it over time. And even though, the obviously, the, the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 are going to be inevitable powerhouses, there's more and more leaks coming out this week of like developers and creators saying that it, it's a machine, it's an absolute beast of machine. It's, I think this week I saw it said it was going to push PC hardware uh, on leaps and bounds as well because of how good it's all tied up nicely and packaged together. For Stadia, obviously, that's going to be just iterative over time. It's going to get better and better. So as the, the, the upcoming consoles do start to age, and um, things like Unreal Engine 5 really start to step into their stride, Stadia can just get better and better and better. So when these consoles are now then looking at their second iteration, so a PS5 Pro or a series, whatever Xbox do with their naming convention, Stadia will still be there. The same Stadia we signed up to last November, we're just going to be able to play it. With no, with no extra investment, no new hardware, no fan engines flipping out because Unreal Engine Five is ripping it apart from the inside. Oh, God, we're, that, we're that was the worst thing when I was playing Jedi Fallen Order was my fa- the fan of my PlayStation. Yeah. yeah, it's exciting stuff, and it's it's again, it's that concept we really need to drive home with Stadia is like we've invested what all we need at this stage to play these games as we go forward into the the twenty twenties. We're already up to scratch yeah phenomenal stuff i'm excited to see what unreal and epic uh bring to the table uh and if we ever do get to see that demo and imagine the the like with so many millions and the the feedback of people saying i want to play this game is there not someone at like epic who just goes yeah, just siphon off a couple million from our our uh, Scrooge McDuck money vault and just say just make it. Do you know what? Make it's it happened pay.
2: before. What? It's happened before. The uh, Final Fantasy VII remake came out of a PS3 tech demo. Like it was the the, the Final Fantasy VII remake was born as a PS3 tech demo. So I, I it think publishers
1: are now wary of that effect. Now don't use existing <laughs> don't use existing IP to tech to tech demo because mm. same same thing there was. Um, Legend Zelda Windworker hmm. There was massive controversy over that because of the art style. Because they did a tech demo of the more like um, Twilight Princess yeah. style for the GameCube. So when they got people got Windworker it wasn't what they were expecting. So yeah, yeah you do, just don't use existing IP for tech demos unless it's clearly just a like, tech demo.
0: Yeah, it it, it 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 says a lot to the team who worked on it and brought it together and obviously theorized the where the location, the the character design, everything like that, because. I was a ton more excited for that than anything we saw at the Xbox third party <laughs> content. I'll be honest, I know we spoke about it last week and all the games that cropped up there um, from very different companies, but I, like that 100% more appeals to me than like something like Dead 5 did or yeah. some of the little indie games that we saw. Um, so it's a shame that it'll just stay there as a, as a tech demo. It will never really get any more.
1: They've made brown interesting because the game's very brown, very <laughs> beige from what we've seen. And it looks gorgeous. Usually they're the parts of games that I find
0: most dull. But when the Browns so detailed, Richard. Yeah. That's my point. That's the secret sauce. That's the secret sauce. Um, but hopefully they will take that tech demo and they'll they'll transform it into a fantastic new and exciting game. I'd love to see that in the future. Uh, epic branch away from Fortnite a little bit and use their many, many millions to, to reinvest, as we've seen them do so far. Um In in terms of investing in games and new, exciting upcoming titles that are on the horizon, our second story for the week is uh, Ubisoft made another announcement. I mentioned it at the top of the show. We're being hit thick and fast um, with these brand-new digital showcases that are just... It's hard to keep up. We're going to need a, a scheduled calendar, gents, to keep us <laughs> on track of what the hell, what day we need to drag ourselves out of bed and actually do some kind of reaction yeah. to this news. Um, just start using the to your Gmail calendar. We'll no need to do something. To um, because I, I've seen uh, Eddie react to some of it against Stadia Player One uh, with our friend Chase over there as well. They've been reacting to some of the Game Fest news. And uh, one of the other announcements we've got picked up on this week was from our our favourable team over at Ubisoft. Uh, They've announced they're going to be presenting a Ubisoft Forward, is the title, um, which is an entirely digital showcase event. It's going to take place on the 12th of July. It promises exclusive game news, reveals, and more. So I want us to theorize, gentlemen. Okay. What are are Ubisoft going to bring to the table in July
2: I don't know, because at the moment it feels like everyone and their mother's currently organising an event for this summer. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm planning one for well, us. It's because
1: it's <laughs> no, E3 doesn't exist. Everyone who would have had stuff at E3, because bear in mind, not every developer who is there is actually doing a massive like press conference. A lot of them are just on the floor. Yeah, there's a lot of collaborations.
2: There's a lot of collaborations yeah. from like indie teams and so on bringing together their own little events. and it It just feels like I don't know whether I'm, I'm. I'm. At first, I was very excited for all of this, and I'm still quite, you know, a, um in anticipation, ready to see what be, what gets announced. But I'm starting to feel like I don't know where to direct my it's attention. There's too, too many people
1: yeah. trying to gain your attention. Where yes. the nice thing about E3 is, you have it all in one place. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I can see if things keep going the way they are going into next year, I can see something like one of all the 8 million different things coming out, I can see it probably shrinking down to one or two. Hmm. Just because it's just splitting the audience and you don't know where to look at the moment.
0: Yeah, be the, biggest thing, the biggest thing is certainly, I think, E3's lack of turnaround with this one. Like The company who runs E3, they... They knew before that E3 was going to be cancelled before anyone else. Right? It was there. It was there. Like again, rightly so. They cancelled it. It was never going to go. If we look back in hindsight, it was never going to go ahead. And again, they they cancelled it as they should have done, um, based on the current events that are going on. In terms of how they reacted to it, though, they've done probably the worst job imaginable of trying to keep their uh, their ducks in line, essentially (laughs) because. Like you said, Richie, every every man, <laughs> every department, every company, every division of the game industry now was gone, right, E3's off. What are we doing? And they've gone and done their own thing because it's probably more cost effective, but E3 really missed the boat on keeping everyone reined in. So, no, 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 guys, the physical event isn't taking place. We're going to still be hosting a digital event. And before they had a chance to do that, IGN jumped in there. Jeff Keighley jumped in there. Yeah. Everyone's done their own. Xbox have done their own standalone. We're going to get PlayStation 5 stuff. Nintendo have been doing their Nindies things, and it's, before they even knew it, they've been steamrolled. And like, the repercussions on that E3 existing in any way, physical, shape, or form in the future, I think, it's, is at high, high risk right now. If all I... these digital events are successful... E3, as risks, we know yeah.
1: it over the last few years, I think is at high risk. I think E3 will still be a thing. yeah. Because how, there's, like... a massive, there's a massive floor presence. They make a lot of the money. Imagine the ESRB make a lot of their money that keeps them funding throughout the air for, for everything else they do happens at E3. Hmm. However, they'll probably have to look at what E3 is going to be. Is it going to be completely a fan convention where fans <sighs> and developers can intermix? Well, that's the way it's been going for a while. So maybe that is what it is.
0: Yeah. I just think when they look back at all the analytics, like so Ubisoft is, is, a, is a case in yeah. point. If they look back going into next summer when the world's returned to normal and they think right e3 have reached out to us they said they're doing the traditional event uh they usually ubisoft usually go really good with partner up with different uh different platforms and showcasing it are they going to look, not look back and just think guys we saved like a good half a million on just doing our own digital event last year and what benefit we will we get from this comic con pre- like not comic con like a, a convention presence? I don't know I just think it I can say E3's been like becoming less and less and we've spoke on previous shows about mm-hmm. Gamescom being the, the place to be and it's it's yeah, well, it's a very yeah. interesting 10 event but I really think E3 messed up this time It's around. been this,
1: it's been a slow burn actually with E3 you've got things like Nintendo Switch to just doing a big direct which I think that's where most companies will probably go forward now like because yeah. that's been that's been fine for Nintendo over the years and then they can also yeah you can put it on the stage at E3 we might even have a guy doing a Q&A Mm-hmm. but we're also going to push it up for our own channels at the same time. Sony have pulled out. Microsoft usually hang out over the road, don't they? Um, EA hang <laughs> out nearby. Like, these are big mm.
2: publishers who uh, don't uh, near E3, but not really there anymore. Well, let's have yeah. a look at the list of events that are currently scheduled. We've got Summer Game Festival, which is going on at the moment for an extended period of time. We've got uh, Sony State of Play that's going on. Uh, Inside yes. Xbox. We've got EA Play we've got um the cyberpunk 2077 street 2077 stream which is called night city wire that's coming we've got the ubisoft forward and we've got gamescom digital and Plus probably many stadia more probably, <laughs> well, yeah, you know. imagine this yeah this is... we know it's we know the stadia connects coming they did say summer so that it's, as well it's
0: june i think oh wait, yeah, a a, for june one, one of our uh, one of our friends over at uh, club stadia said june 6 i think yesterday he announced <laughs> it's an overall.
1: unverified source at the moment but yeah.
0: It's in it's, I mean it's in the summer, so somewhere around there. It'll be here before autumn it's anyway. June and then, the ninth, it's rumoured to be. Oh, it's at ninth. And then we've obviously Sony are gonna come at the table with all the mm. next gen stuff. So there's it's a busy, busy summer and a lot of stuff's gonna be lost in the mix. But in terms of Ubisoft's uh, presentation in particular, we, we're probably going to see a lot more of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'd imagine yeah. they're gonna to wanna to get some gameplay out there after, uh, after oh last God. week.
2: Oh, God, yes.
0: <laughs> that they, They're definitely going to have to be very oh particular about what... I like in their, their announcement, they actually said exclusive game news reveals <laughs> and more. Do we think that and more is was replace, replacing the word gameplay this well, time round?
1: I <laughs> think the and more. Was the and more um, referencing just Assassin's Creed Valhalla, or was it...
0: No, no, this is in the, the tweet that said for the, for the event, save the date, July 12th, right. Ubisoft forward, and well, they ended it with said reveals and see, more.
1: Assassin's Creed Valhalla would be a perfect, and he's one more thing sort of game to end your co- end your traditional conference
0: out now. The fact now that, that they've,
1: <laughs> pre- yeah, well, the fact that they've mentioned this at- already means mm. they've probably got something else in the works.
2: Well, I just want to see more of gods and monsters. Like I really want to see more of it. I want to know more about it. When when we're actually going to expect it? Now, um, I just want to. I, I think it's got to be in a position at this point where it's where we have got demos being released, and we've got a lot more gameplay that we can get our hands on. Just just something like that, really.
1: Actually, I'm with you with that because I forgot it existed. Yeah, so you, didn't, really you it. didn't
0: know You didn't know about it. I remember on the show specifically when I mentioned yeah. it, Richie, you brought the video up live in the episode and watched it. It was like, oh, yeah, it's like Breath <laughs> of the Wild meets Assassin's Creed kind of like Uber, yeah, yeah. Ubisoft-esque.
1: I only remember it existed this morning when I was reading up through these articles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it looks fantastic, so, it and just, it's... It needs to get that mind share. Needs to get people. It's not locked into people's heads. I don't think no. at the moment.
0: Yeah. Well, the reality is we should be playing, Gods and Monsters right now because that was scheduled for yep. February, if I remember. Um, Watchdogs Legion should have been out as well. Um, Cyberpunk should have been here. Obviously, not Ubisoft. Um, Skull and Bones has been delayed a few times, hasn't it? No. Yeah. And Skull and Bones is one of them that I think they've took that back of the drawing board. Like it's one of those games where <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping they're doing what I want them to do, which is when when Black Flag was so fun, we all played Assassin's Creed Black Flag back in the day, I think all of us thought why why is this an Assassin's Creed game and why is it not just a yeah. pirate game? Like I would happily have Ubisoft create an entire different series that was just about pirating you with a story have it and with In similar the same element. world. Yeah, you could yeah. I could
1: easily say in the same world, just tell a story that isn't Assassin's versus Templar. Yeah, it, it doesn't need to be that. Yeah,
0: Pirates creed. And I'm hoping, <laughs> are you know, right. They yeah, they've took Skull and Bones, and the yeah. reason they've gone quiet is they they've took on board all of that criticisms and thought, you know what? Especially because Sea of Thieves is out on Xbox now, I don't know if they think, oh well, we've seen how Sea of Thieves has fared. How are we any different? Are we gonna like? Are we gonna be taking a hit on this? And I hope they've gone back to the drawing board and they come back with a great pirate-driven campaign. That'd be so exciting. With the get, main character, really the fires for me have been interested <laughs> in it. Main character's called Smedwood
2: for... Smedway.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna um, Tim Foyle hat on now. I'm gonna throw out prediction. I think Skull and Bones is redundant. I think they've scrapped it. Oh, I think wow. a lot of the work for Skull and Bones might now appear in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Interesting. Bear in mind, Skull and Bones is very piratey, and well, Valhalla is set in basically the North Sea, Scandin- Scandinavia,
0: the UK. You are a bold one.
1: There's a lot of ideas that will probably cross over there. Mm.
0: I mean, the great thing with Ubisoft teams is they collaborate across the board. Like, they've got so many studios across the globe. It, it's no surprise that they can pull all these strings and share share elements and stuff from their game design. I don't think they've scrapped it. I don't think that's in Ubisoft's best interest. I think they'd get more criticism than it was worth just shipping it out half-baking. Like, look, there's our game. We'll do what we did with Rainbow Six Siege, and we'll just iterate it on it. We'll it just might have just dev-
1: It might not have necessarily been scrapped. It might have just developed into an Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, just Maybe being absorbed Maybe when they were pitching ideas for the next Assassin's Creed game, they like pitched a lot of ideas and went, actually that's Skull and Bones. We can just move that into Assassin's Creed. So so,
0: so what so what are you landing on, Richie? Has
1: it been scrapped or has it turned into Valhalla? I think they're both one and the same. <laughs> As I said, I think the game this I I don't think we'll have a game called Skull and Bones. So okay. in a sense it's been scrapped, but I think a lot right. of the things from that will now be in Valhalla.
0: Okay. Right. Okay. Interesting. I don't I- think it will. I don't think it's in Ubisoft's uh best interest to suddenly scrap it because i think um there will be some people excited for it and i think it, it's probably that far in development now they would have had to say something at the board meeting that's that's the,
1: that's where i've got doubts that they probably mm. would have mentioned it
0: yeah uh, your investors are going happen. to want yeah your investors are going to, are going to want to know back in march april time why mm-hmm. this game is now but more importantly if you've sacked it off you probably should be letting the people with uh, d- invested uh, money in your business to know about it um, but yeah, Gods and Monsters, super huge, Skull and Bones, uh, hoping to see a date for Watchdogs Legion.
2: I was going to say that. That's definitely like, something I want to know more about now.
0: That yeah. should be wrapped up and finished with a bone oh, yeah. top right
2: now. Definitely. It, definitely. The thing is, if
1: it isn't, now they're getting, we're at a point where these games have been delayed towards the end of this year and now going to realistically have to be cross-generation games mm-hmm. where they might not have been planned to originally.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably what they have been working on. Once they decided to push them back and they knew next gen was coming at the later half of this year, Ubisoft have always traditionally been great with the the leap over next gen. I know Black Flag in particular was one of those games that was you could get it on PS3, Xbox, and and, um, series, what was it, Xbox One and uh, PS4. It was one of my first games I bought this gen with uh, PlayStation 4. And I'm just, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with it. Uh, will Valhalla be cross-gen? I did reach out to right. Ubisoft, actually, in regards to the, we spoke about before, the collector's editions yeah. um, of uh, Assassin's Creed because they've got different variations. It's up for pre-order now, but you can't pre-order next-gen mm-hmm. So yeah. because they don't have a date for it. So then that that bodes the question, do I buy it on current-gen and buy it again later on? Because they've not been very forthcoming with the whole smart delivery going forward theory, which is why Stadia is the safe bet to play it on, because you can buy it and you just own it, the best version going forward.
1: But if you like the collector stuff,
0: we have Yeah, I want to know which version I can order, and do I order the PS4 and can I change it later date? Do I just get it on Stadia and hang fire? Do I buy the statue standalone? It's it's a lot of theories, and I think we need these answers, so hopefully the exclusive game news reveals and more is just detail. I'd be happy with just dates, locations, updates on how the progress of the games come along some season pass dlc stuff for other games like rainbow six siege and the division well just yeah keep us informed Ubisoft. keep us informed
1: uh, i have information on um, skull and bones before we move on actually um in october 2019 the ubisoft ceo Yves Gilmott, um confirmed that the game has been pushed back to at to at least the april 2021 march 2020 fiscal year Okay. which is now so, so at the earliest is year thinking, yeah. no that's Ooh. next fiscal year we're, cur- we're currently in the um, April 2020 to March 2021
2: oh okay I misheard then sorry so, I misheard so
1: at the earliest we'll see this is April next year
2: okay one other title Chris that I'm really excited yeah. to find more about Rainbow Six Quarantine
0: oh the name the name alone does not, ring, uh, <laughs> does not bring back great feelings right now not right now <laughs> Rainbow Six, go out and play with your friends. Rainbow <laughs> Six, fresh air. Rainbow, Rainbow six, <laughs> six, stay
2: home, protect the NHS, save lives. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, no, it's no it's might do now. It might do well in search algorithms right now. Uh,
0: well, yeah, that is very true. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, good point, Tom. Rainbow <laughs> Six, quarantine. It, do we think they're going to stick with that name?
2: I... I think it's unfortunate timing, but I think they go with it. Mm. I think, think, unless they change it to, do they go like the Resident Evil route, and do they go like Rainbow Six Outbreak, but then does that have mm. bad connotations with it? You're talking like yeah. zombie infestation, and usually you have terms that come with that. It's synonymous with it, isn't it? Outbreak, I, I quarantine. How, I don't really know
1: how damaging this has gone, would actually be, to be honest.
0: I, yeah, my, I my worries.
1: I think it's different when it's like uh, something that's happened because of man's intervention, with like a terrorist action or something, compared mm. to when it's more of a naturally occurring thing yeah. like COVID nineteen. Yeah. Well, There's no one to blame to. for COVID
0: nineteen <laughs> existing, but well, it depends who you speak to, Richie. It depends what yeah. news report you read. Oh are.
2: man! Uh, but anyway, yes, yeah, aside from
0: that, they could just go all all balls deep on it and call it Rainbow Six COVID nineteen. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that would get their uh, search algorithms right up there as well. Uh, I'm excited to see Six, what, it, yeah. The Rainbow Six tag is
1: enough to give it the legs. So well,
0: yeah, it is a new game, obviously. It's got that kind of more horde mode to um, strike. I'm excited by it. It's like, Richie, we spoke before. We've played uh, Rainbow Six Siege quite extensively in the past, and we've had a great time with it. And I think a lot of the community out there, I know our friend Chase is looking forward to playing some uh, Siege. She's played a lot of hours on that before. Um, it's going to be great for just us getting on screen share and such. It's going to be fantastic yeah, for that. I want that well. on the stage, yeah. Um, And I think it will, and I think part of Ubisoft plans, along with new games, you'd hope, is going to be an update on Uplay Uplay Plus as well, because they're starting to ramp up now, so hopefully we're going to see some more games come to the stage yet, coinciding with Uplay Plus announcement and these new titles. Um, I'd be interested to know if they ever went free-to-play with it, because Siege has done so well, and that's that's pretty much free-to-play anyway now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'd be interested to know if they're worried about the risk of the name title having an impact, just bring it out free and just say it's there for everyone to play. It could and be a good build pro game. on game. Yeah, build on it on a yearly iterative process Perhaps. like they've done with Siege.
1: Stuff like this, I always think are good for pro games because everyone who's got the pro subscription gets a game day one, month one. You get your audience there. I'm guessing this is going to have a lot of cosmetic stuff to purchase so they'll make the money from that side rather than actual the game sales. But then you're mm-hmm. building but it's going these sort games live or die based on the user, how many players they've got playing it. So you want to get as many people in early as you can to get that strong launch. Yeah. And then even if there is like there's a price later, if after one month it goes to normal pricing, if there's a good community already there.
0: Certainly, certainly. Uh, So moving on then to our next story, in at number four, we've got um, the PGA Tour 2K21, new game coming out to Google Stadia. Uh, Earlier on, gentlemen, when I was editing the doc, you may have noticed I made a point of keeping this PGA Tour story in at number four. There was a distinct reason for that, and that's because I planned that joke
2: <laughs> well oh, ahead of time. Oh my god! <laughs> so,
0: anyway, let's tee off and get into this next story. We've got uh, PGA Tour 2K21 uh, coming to Stadia, August twenty-first. Uh, um, another game, another sports game, uh, another annualized. Is it an annualized title? Or a, I want mean, it's it probably 2K21. Is, right? and it's got to be. Which uh, I just I'm not in on golf for anyone out there who's a massive golf fan, and um, I've heard it's super relaxing. The problem with being in my opinion, being six foot three is uh, the the brain to the the ball on the floor ratio in that motion doesn't really <laughs> you translate can see that
1: for any spot though. No, like... no,
0: it's, it's such a small polygonal ball, Richie, down on the it's floor. Just, it's, it's so it's... far away you can't see the ball. So I, I understand it's there, I got it, but then there's something in the motion of bringing the arm back for the swing. It just doesn't. But crazy golf, I'm great at. You know that, Richie. Yeah, but it's in true. In terms of uh, PGA Tour, two K twenty one. Are we excited by this, gents? Is it not in our wheelhouse? Obviously, it's great that this game's coming to stadium, but it, will we be picking it up? I don't know how are well, you about golf, Tom.
2: I I like big putts, and I cannot lie. I do enjoy. <laughs> oh, <a> good... <laughs> no, no, like, time them out, Chris. Time them out. <laughs> oh, I I do oh, enjoy yeah. a bit of golf every once in a while. Um, I do hit up the driving range. I have a bit of fun with it. I, I like I like my I like my um my pitching put. I'm not much of an 99. eighty. Yeah, I'm not much of an 18-hole kind of guy. Um, that being said, I haven't played a golf game on anything probably since I was about 10 years old. <laughs> Will I? Uh, probably. Again, it, this is probably going to be one of the games that sits along the the, the wayside for me, I'm afraid. But um, you know, if uh, if they if they do ultimately bring the price down, then put a late than never. I could always just wait around and just... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to throw all these shit ones out for you today,
0: Yeah, I'm, just my,
2: I'm trapped
1: for this.
0: <laughs> yeah, my my uh, my knowledge of golf basically stems from Happy Gilmore. That's about yes. my extent okay. of, uh, of okay. knowledge. Shoot, shoot him a McGavin. you eat shit for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's about it. Um, so, so for this game, yes, I, I wouldn't be picking it up. However, one of the things that would make me pick it up is if it uh, if it dropped to a sweet sweet price of two pound forty, which another two k uh, twenty one game did this week. No, it uh, didn't. NBA two k, which again is another sport. I'm not I'm not that vested in. Uh, I know a little bit more about it, I think, than um, the golf again. Being quite tall, it always helps your uh, interests when you can uh, you can actually hit the basket or grab yeah, one of those. When you're playing
1: in PE in school, when you're actually better than other people because you can reach the <laughs> fucking
0: hoop. <laughs> that, that Definitely, definitely does help. But obviously, yes, this week we saw some additional pro deals drop in line with some new game announcements, and uh, one of them, to our surprise, was yeah, NBA Two K Twenty, two pound forty, gentlemen. We all bought it, right? Yes. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> £2.40. Now, weirdly enough, this this did not translate across the Atlantic to uh, the States, where basketball is immensely more popular than it is over in the UK and Europe. Um, a weird one, right? We thought it was a mistake at first. It was picked up by yeah. the Stadia Twitter. Um, one of them actually acknowledged it was a mistake with Duncan. Yeah, was Duncan it not? queried yeah. it.
1: Someone acknowledged that it was a mistake, but then it turns out it wasn't.
0: Yeah, I guess Which to a point where I suppose... it, was a, it was a mistake, and then they went, oh shit, we've said it now. You've, <laughs> you've, got, like, it. you've oh, got to go with no. it. Oh no!
2: The whole world's burning around them, and they just think, oh, we're going to have to go with it. You know, we fucked up, boys. We fucked up. We're sorry. Just go with it. it. Just, just,
1: it'd just. It's interesting yeah. to know the actual truth was a mistake,
0: and is it now Google just paying up the ass from this to make a for 2K? Like, that's such an interesting pr- Like, even if it was at a tenner, like £10, that would be like, okay. Mm. But £2.40 for a game that only came out in the last year, that is essentially a triple A sports game from a big developer. Yeah, you can pick it up for the cost of a couple of Freddos (laughs) in this case. I think
2: you've got to look at um, the knock-on effect of that. It's
0: cheaper than a Starbucks coffee.
2: (laughs) That is true. That is true. true. Um, But you've got to look at the knock-on effect of that. We have to kind of, like, ascertain, was it a problem with Stadia? Was it actually a mistake? Because... Now on uh, Xbox and uh, PlayStation Store, the price has been dropped there as well for this title. Now, is that because it's a knock-on effect of this cock-up? Or was it actually the plan all along? Because on those platforms, the game hasn't dropped to as low as £2.40. I think it's currently at £3.50. But it has been dropped dramatically again. So it raises more questions there, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean it it just it does say a lot when if you so looking at other games that also came out this week, we got Doom Sixty Four finally arrive. And that's currently sitting at three ninety nine.
2: Or free if you bought Doom Eternal already.
0: Yep, free if you yep. pre ordered back in the day. That's so, cheaper than I expected it, by the way. Yeah. So I knew you got, it was coming, but I thought so it was gonna be over five pounds. Doom sixty four three ninety nine NBA two K at two pound <laughs> forty. Whereas like like, when we talk back to Assassin's Creed Odyssey about value for money, that's a, a, an old, old game.
1: I think you do, like, yeah. Rich- I'm sure
0: it's super fun, but in terms of, like, development time and costs and graphic quality, and it, it's just, it baffles how, like, I'm pretty sure people just throw throw shit at a wall and see what sticks sometimes <laughs> with this pricing. well, Because, yeah. I've bought NBA
1: bought M- M- 2K20 because of the price, so I was like, why not give it a go for that?
0: Yeah. Whereas, in okay.
1: scenario, I play less than two hours and get a refund.
0: Yeah. Now, a big element of this, which we've, we do have to factor in and consider, is that people who are, who are trialling that two-month uh, free pro deal from last month are still on the bandwagon now. So yeah. is this, again, another smart, smart tactic to think? We'll take a loss on the costing now, but these people who are going to buy the game are going to stick with Stadia because they're they're building up this massive library. Just look at the pro deals, man, and then it just makes you think that if you've joined Stadia and thought, Oh, look at all these great prices, I'll buy that, I'll test that out. Oh, I've got that free program. Oh, there's another pro game. Oh, there's some more discounts. This Stadia thing's not half bad, you know, it works. I've got another month free. I'm gonna get some new pro games in what? Another another just under two weeks. That it's a really clever thing pull to build that library up so much that come the cutoff point when they go, Look, are you with Stadia or you're not with Stadia? Surely, a lot of us as gamers and in consumers, we, we're in a consumer society where we spend, spend, spend. We like treating ourselves. We're used to subscription models. It must help with people's decision making They just go, you know what? I'm just going to keep it. Yeah. And there we go. Well,
1: you look at the the how much the sale is. Um, looking at the Ed Legend Edition for M- NBA 2K20, it's currently 21 pounds. That's down from 69.99. You're saving almost 50 quid on mm. <laughs> this pro sale. I That's literally insane. you're saving the price of a game.
0: Insane, and obviously the deluxe editions and stuff are also on offer, Um along no with some other deals. You, yeah, no <laughs> downloads. You could you could play, it, test it out, refund it in the time it would take you to download the game on another platform. You don't have to go through and delete games off your hard drive because you haven't got space. Very true. Yeah, Very uh, true. we also saw some pro deals centered around Mortal Kombat 11. So just in time for the the DLC with uh, RoboCop and Terminator dropping. Uh, the crew too saw another pro discount deal as well. We've played a little bit of that. And then uh, there was a bunch of other non-pro deals, which was nice to see, around the same game. So again, Stadia coming at us thick and fast with these deals. No doubt we'll probably get some more later this um, week.
1: I'm going to give someone a pro tip right now. If you're looking at NBA 2K20, the non-pro deal sales is currently at £20. Pay for month's subscription, get it for free quid, and then just cancel your subscription if you're not mm. interested in it. You can pay for
0: subscription because you can still get on the two-month free, can you, starting now? Like, uh, yeah, you should it. be in the two-month free period, but... Yeah, pick it up, buy all the cheap deals, and then keep them ticking over. Which makes wrapped. you
1: wonder, why is the non-pro deal sales
0: at all? Again, I think it's just to tempt people. Quite well, possibly. If you're going to look at well, it and possibly. go, well, why would I pay 20 quid when I can just try out this free trial and get it for £2.40? It's, it's, yeah. Again, it's a, probably it's more of a, a marketing tactic to but push people towards the, the, other, the other pro deals.
1: But wasn't it all, didn't they all activate the um, two months for everyone who's got Stadia? Yeah. So there shouldn't be anyone on Stadia right now who doesn't have the pro subscription. So it's not really going to entice people to go for the pro subscription. What about them buddy pass people?
2: Yeah, I think it did. My buddy I think... pass is gone actually. Mm.
1: My gone. extra buddy pass is gone from my account.
2: Ooh. I can't send. It out.
1: I wonder if it comes back after this two months period or something. But I know you know the little um icon you had in the in the app to yeah 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 yeah. It's yeah. not there
0: anymore. Breaking news, right there, ladies and gentlemen. The buddy pass is gone. Stadia have stolen the buddy pass. But now I'm joking. I'm joking. We won't go down that uh, click clickbait route. That's the title, Tom, for the episode. Stadia steals buddy pass back. <laughs> <laughs> Plaster it on the main screen. I want a picture of a beggar. I want a picture of a bag you get of money.
1: In like a white, <laughs> white and um, black striped yeah. thing with like a mask yeah. and a carrying a dollar bag. Yeah. I want,
0: I <laughs> running away from, from me. <laughs> yeah, I want <laughs> Phil Harrison escaping from jail. I want <laughs> us three running away from them, chasing with our police <laughs> our police batons. Oh, no. <laughs> get get to work on that graphic, Tom.
2: <laughs> That's my uh, Sunday afternoon out the window. Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
0: um... Set, set it in the, the gangster time as well. Uh where well, we we've got police sirens going on those nineteen thirties, forties cars, uh sat in San Francisco. The Mafia is rife. Uh and if you if you haven't figured it out yet, I'm slowly leaning in towards our last story of the week, which is that the mafia trilogy was also announced come to Stadia. Uh, I'm really excited for this one, gentlemen, because we we spoke me and Richie spoke to our friend um Tommy at Stadia Arcadia yesterday on our live stream. And he really, he really helped build the hype for it because I've never played a Mafia game before. Um, it was one of those franchises that just passed me by, and here we are—the prospect of getting a fully remastered trilogy from the ground up. Uh, some of the stuff I've seen on YouTube and some of the comparison differences between the original one and the remake—it very much brings it up to a modern game standard. And from what I've heard, one and two are fantastic games that just passed me by. So, what, what's your history with them? Are you excited by this announcement? I am. And my history is exactly the same as yeah. yours.
1: Um, Tommy did say Mafia 3 is a little bit different to the other two, and he said mm. he preferred one and two. But I'm in the same boat with you, gents.
0: I wouldn't say I'm excited, but I'm intrigued. So none of us have played them before? No. no. Hmm. Interesting. Could make mm. for a potential stream of some sort. Mm. Never have I ever played Mafia 3 or oh, got my buddy passed back. <laughs> <laughs> something, like, something along their lines um, but, what, <laughs> but what it what it does really create is a, is a an, another good sense that 2k are supporting stadia um so we've got all the sports games and stuff coming and then mafia mafia trilogy really just highlights that again there's another developer that is now starting to really back Stadia with some do you that.
2: think this will be priced at two pound 40
0: <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Now, see, that um,
2: might actually
1: make me buy it because prob- I feel like I'm probably not going to give it a chance at the moment because I've got a bit of a backlog I want to take care of. Like I haven't even bought Final Fantasy um, 7 yet, and that's mm. definitely on my, my wish list. So I think I've got just too many games to get through at the moment that I'm probably going to give it a pass, unfortunately. Uh, a buddy pass. Unless it comes out and <laughs> unless it's a pro game or comes out in a decent a decent sale that makes me worth like buying it to to rack up for later.
0: Yeah. um, Interestingly enough, though, we had that classic Stadia advertisement back and forth where the game was... The Mafia trilogy was announced. The Stadia logo did not appear on the the distribution video, but thankfully the United Kingdom's um, Twitter did feature it. So, again, it's this weird mixed marketing thing where you've got to imagine the powers that be who deal with all these third-party conversations when they pull these videos together and they copy and paste in the Xbox logo, the Steam logo and such, is there not a tick box that they just have to go, oh, we've got, there's Nintendo. That's like, <laughs> Surely truly is part of that generic yeah. checklist. Yeah. Who's looking at that in two oh. different departments for the exact same video and going, right, it's on the global one, but it's not on that. Oh, the UK team have got it. But, like, how is it not just one video uploaded Chris, to it a takes team? me.
2: It takes me back to a conversation I had with a friend of mine who lives in California, and her sister works for Google, okay? Mm. And when I mentioned Google Stadia to them, the, her sister said, oh, what is that? It's, it's Once again, it's like this thing that there, there are people in the world that still do not know what Stadia is.
1: You think someone working for... I can imagine, like, if I'm, like, working at Google and I'm running... Like I'm running a team, I'm working the Stadia team. I'm sending a memo out to all like the department heads and going, brief your team. He's he's the info that you need on Stadia. Brief your teams on this. Mm. So everyone in Google should know what mm. the basics of what Stadia is about.
2: So my point was that basically, maybe this, maybe issues like this come down from the fact that there are still people out there who do don't know about it, who are mm. stupidly in the industry. That seems like a big faux pas to me if they don't know. Yeah that they, their game is yeah. coming to Stadium, for example.
0: It, it really does showcase just how much work is still needed to be done yeah. to yeah. get the marketing and the, the general public's mindset to switched towards. I oh, know we joked, I joked a few, well, a few months back now when um, the industry that I work in with mobile phones, the some of the Google people I spoke to who go around and talk about the the, mobile, the pixel range, essentially, didn't know about Stadia there. They'd heard of it, but they didn't have any more info than the name. And that's someone who's now pushing Stadia, which is obviously was at the time the exclusive place to play um, uh, portably on.
1: This is why the I'm battles. saying, like, all the different branches of Google, their heads, of departments should be brief when there's a new product mm. launch from Google. How how hard it is to get on your weekly team meeting or whatever to go, okay, one more team, Google, the company's launching this new product, Google Stadia. He's a basic rundown. Now everyone's in the company's informed. Yeah, I don't definitely. think that's a difficult task to pull yeah. off. And yeah, at the moment, Google just seems a bit, with Stadia, seems a bit disjointed.
0: Yeah, and again, they're all new to it. So I think what it takes is just someone yeah. needs to write into them and uh, give them their theories, their suggestions and topics, just like two of our Patreon supporters did this week. Um, we've got uh, Ben, once again, writes in with a fantastic question. He's asking us, gentlemen from patreon.com forward slash sounds of Stadia. What next-gen console do you plan on buying to sit alongside Stadia, or do you plan on going full-in Stadia exclusive? Uh, what? <laughs> I, I, mine is a no-dilemma. I'll just answer that straight away. I'm going to get the PlayStation 5. It's Again, yeah. the, the exclusives they currently have, hands down, make it worthwhile buying, regardless. Still going to be playing Stadia, still going to be buying plenty of games on Stadia, but... There's some fantastic exclusives that will be in the pipeline for that console that I do not want to pass up on.
1: Yeah, where I'm at with it is similar to you, where I actually want Stadia to become my main device, the main platform I'm playing on. But Sony have some of my favorite games of the last like decade are all bound to Sony or have been, even with things like Horizon now coming to PC and stuff. Mm. For what, for years, that was a Sony exclusive title. And these are games I don't want to pass. 'm I'm, I'm not going to buy a playstation five day um day one because what I found with the PlayStation 4 by waiting a year and a half two years, there's so many great games that you can pick up from Amazon for basically half price. so yeah, just yeah. by being patient with a lot of stuff, you can save yourself a hell of a lot of money.
2: I think I'm Early along the same sort of stuff you I'm, get on yeah, yeah. I'm along the same sort of lines as Richie really. um i don't I'm not sold on purchasing day one yet, even though I was a day one p s four and day one p s three. Um, but I, I'm sort of in this weird position at the moment where um, outside of all of this, I'm looking to buy a house at the moment, so obviously priorities in real life. Um, so I, I really sort of have to wait and see what's going to happen next because it needs to be something really captivating for me at launch in order to get me to invest in it. Otherwise, I'm probably going to give it six months to a year before actually getting into that. But for now, definitely sticking with Stadia. Um, I don't even touch my PS4 anymore. I don't even touch it. Like I load it up to play Jackbox Party Games um with my family and that's it. Like the last time I played it was uh, FF7 remake. But you know, as soon as we start seeing some of these bigger titles coming to Stadia, then that's that's sort of going to be the linchpin for me. Um it's definitely my main system, but the PS5 is the likely one if I'm going to pick uh, a next-gen console to go alongside it.
1: Yeah, I think my I'm similar person with my PS4, although I can see in the next few months getting a lot of usage. Because as I think the next thing I'm going to jump into as soon as I finish Assassin's Creed is probably Final Fantasy, so that's going to be a long time playing mm-hmm. on the PlayStation, and then we're getting on towards The Last
0: of Us, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've just got my platinum for The Last of Us, yeah. Oh, you <laughs> got it right. well last, last night, done. yeah. Got it last night, oh. uh, the early hours of the morning, finally did it, so that's yeah, platinum on PS3, platinum on PS2. Piss <laughs> too. Yeah. No, wow. The last of us two is going over here, so right in yeah. time. I finished story. Fantastic game, and again, that's one of the exclusives that I'm talking about. Um, none of you contemplating picking up the Xbox?
2: Not really. No, I don't no. think
0: Xbox has got any
1: exclusives that interest me. I you know can't... what?
2: You Name really don't Xbox need it.
1: Title that isn't Halo
0: or, or Gears. Save right thieves. Now. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) Moving on. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. That admittedly looks cool, but I think you can get that Um, on um, PC now. Yeah, so that that was going to be my my, kind of point to that question is I've got the uh, Game Pass PC beta, £3.99 a month. I pay for it, and I have all those games to play on my brand new PC. So Although I have been just playing Age of Empires 2. Nice, nice. (laughs) you
1: You could get Steam now, so a lot of the, like, PC stroke Xbox exclusives, you can just get on your PC you now and just plug yes. a
0: Stadia controller in yeah. or a DualShock and, in. And that does really highlight as we move away to the cloud is Xbox have doubled down on this Stadia's there. Like I don't need the console. I can play all the Xbox games on Game Pass. I can play all the third party games on Stadia. Sony's there for my exclusive titles, which I love from them. I've still got my Switch from a fantastic Nintendo title. So uh, the great thing with gaming is you don't need to be... So to kind of wrap up this episode is you don't need to be Stadia-specific. Gaming is for everybody. Enjoy it and play it in any way, shape, or form that you wish to. Um Kind of leaning into that then, we've also got uh, our friend Luke brings up from Patreon. Um Game rights in with not not so much a question, but more of a thought that he's had. And he'd like to know our thoughts on uh developers right now are missing a great opportunity with multi-screen gaming on Stadia. So he said something like the GameCube uh, with the Game Boy Advance. Or the VMO with the Dreamcast, uh, VMU, sorry, with the Dreamcast. So, really, really good throwbacks. Uh, Luke's yeah. brought up there. Missed um, a
1: very obvious one, to be honest. Which one's that, The Nintendo Richie? 3DS. 3DS <laughs> with the two screens. Dual it's an screen. entire platform built around having
0: two screens. That is very true. <laughs> um, but what, what Luke would like to know is then is that in terms of multi-screen gaming, uh, a stadium missing a great opportunity with having, like, say, the TV and inventory pack or something on your phone um, via an app. So my my answer to Luke when he posed the question was, that the big one for me was Red Dead Redemption had the companion app. So again, not quite what he's talking about, but because Stadia can do that whole screen share, multi-screen gaming, it can essentially broadcast the information to any device that has a screen. Are they missing opportunity or are they just not I, there yet?
1: I think the way for me I was thought, thinking about this is, I don't think they can actually do it, because part of the philosophy okay. of Stadia is play anywhere on devices you already have. Okay. so if you're playing on your phone you only have one screen so you can't hard code a game that requires two screens
2: i'm with richie on this the studio, yeah.
1: i think as, as much as i love 3DS, and actually that second screen can be very effective i just don't think you can do it
2: as long as it's non-essential to the actual gameplay itself yeah. then it's it's always possible through additional apps like like the red dead redemption um companion app as he said before Um, There are tons of Destiny 2 apps that you can literally use to move gear from your characters, even when you are in-game, into storage or to other characters. And it does it seamlessly like live while you're playing. But it can't be fundamental to it because that will not work with the system for the reasons Richie said. Like, if you're playing on your phone, how the hell are you supposed to use that for anything else? So as long as it's non-essential, they could do it. But again, I think that's really down to developers. It's not down to Google. It's not down to Stadia at all. That's purely down to the game developers.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I think it does come down to the developers, as you say. And most third-party developers are developing for multiple platforms. So they're developing for PlayStation, developing for Xbox, development for Google. So this is why a lot of the gimmicky stuff on like, the DualShock um, controller doesn't get used in third-party games. Because other, the other controllers don't have it.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think a lot of it just boils down to um, how much it it ruins the immersion potentially. So I know they've said about like touch screen, like you mentioned there, Richie, the features on the Jewel Shop. That kind of the, these people who make the games they want you to be fully immersed in the game. And I think looking down like for Red Dead Redemption, at a companion app for the map, it's great as an idea. It is. I think I use it for all of ten, twenty minutes, and then either my tablet locked out, or the screen went off, or I I, I just it's glancing again every time you have to look down. It's ruining that immersion that you do, and every time we've all played, started playing Stadia and getting used to the button configuration. How annoying is it that second you have to go? uh, Oh, there's X, okay. And it's just it's fractions of a second, but it it does take you out of the game. And I think from a developer standpoint, they they don't want to do that. It works
1: really well on the three DS because it's hard built into the device you're using, and it's also operating in a different part of the gaming landscape to everything else. It's a yeah. very much, this is a portable console. I know it's effectively redundant now, but everything that's on the 3DS has effectively been developed for the 3DS. Mm-hmm. Correct.
0: Yeah. so fantastic a uh, great theory Lou. great question I'm sure we'll see more um iterative creations come out from stadia with the power that they do back uh, so remember if you want to write in with your questions to the show and you want myself tom and richie to give our uh, our answers our thoughts our ideas on them uh, write your questions into patreon.com forward slash sounds of stadia uh, where as i mentioned our tier one uh, entry level supporters uh group starts at 78 pence or just one dollar I noticed Tom there. did the one for 78 pence. <laughs> 78 pence. 78 pence. Uh, 78, <laughs> 78 pence. That's how it's uh, symbolized. Uh, Thank you, everyone who's tuned in and watched us for episode 34 of the Sounds of Stadia podcast. Uh, Do not forget to subscribe and follow us over on Twitter for all our news and keeping it locked to our information feeds. Uh, We'll be bringing you the PUBG Content Creators Cup on Saturday, the 30th of May. So remember to stay uh, tuned and switched in for that one. And remember, join us in the chat over on Facebook with our Facebook partnership team over at the Google Stadia UK group. The link is in the description below. Thank you for joining us once again this week. Stay safe. Wash your hands. My name's been Chris. I've been Tom. I've been Richie. We've been Sounds of Stadia.
2: Have a good week. Bye. Of course, be with you.